Welcome to Breaking Free Authentically, the podcast where we explore what redefining relationships looks like through a sex-positive lens. Let's kick shame and guilt to the curb and really start living a sexy, authentic life. I'm passionate about normalizing out-of-the-box ways of designing relationships. There's nothing quite like finding your tribe and experiencing the freedom of being completely yourself without judgment. I'm your host, Kareen Bedard, your sex-positive relationship designer, and I'm here to guide you in creating the relationship you desire, whether that is a more open one or simply a more empowered one. Join me every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to enjoy the newest episode. Well, good morning. I'm happy to be here again for yet another episode. So we're on episode 11, and today we are having the second part to the interview with Connie. So I hope you've been waiting patiently to hear the end. I know that there's some of you who have messaged me and are like, okay, I can't wait till the next week. So that's that's always fun to hear. You guys are amazing, and um, I'm just loving getting your feedback and your messages. Uh, I love that you're reaching out to me. It is uh, just makes me smile, puts a smile on my face when I get your messages. So keep sending them, keep reaching out, um, send me an email, ask me questions. I would also love to know what topics you would love for me to talk about because I have some lovely friends that I just want to sit and have conversations with about things that you would like to know about because um, it's a lot of fun. So I hope you got a lot out of last week's story that Connie shared with us. I know that uh, it's so exciting to hear someone's perspective and it's nice to hear sort of a real life story. And I think it's important to share the stories that don't go well as well as the stories that do go well. And in this case, there were things that, um, as you'll find out this week, some things didn't go as well as anticipated. And so we're going to look into that and we're going to take a deep dive into some of the problems that occurred and, and why, and you know, what were the issues and so that those mistakes don't get made again. And so that everybody can learn from them, including Connie. So I know that she was very grateful for just the perspective and, you know, me being able to unpack it with her and take a look at what what actually happened and you know the just the differences that um different kinds of communication could make and i think that that like i said is is so valuable for everyone it just helps us to learn and grow and the point of this podcast is to really educate and help you understand this world a little bit better, um, the good and the bad, and and to learn from the bad. Every relationship has difficulties. It's never easy to be in a relationship. There's easy parts, and it should predominantly feel easy. It should be comfortable. You should feel at peace in your body. And I think that that's really important um, there's there's a certain safety that we should feel with our partner so that we can really explore being ourselves authentically. And it doesn't have to be sexually, but I know that sexually is one of the most difficult 
areas to be authentic in because it is so stigmatized in our society. We don't have the luxury of exploring our sexuality without shame or guilt many times. Mm -hmm. Some of us didn't get to explore our sexuality till we were well into our adulthood um, and discover things about ourselves. And that's okay. But I want you to have a chance to make that decision for yourself and not just let society determine what's right for you. And that's my, that's my goal. That's my desire for all of all of us is to be able to step out and get rid of that shame and guilt that is holding us back Mm -hmm. to shift that programming and the indoctrinations and all these things that keep us stuck. Cause I just am so passionate about seeing your true self, who you really are at the core. And when we can't live our true authenticity then we're missing a big part of ourselves in life. And I think that can be really sad. So authenticity and living our truth, it can look so many ways and it can be different for every person, really different. So that is what I hope for all of you. And I really hope that you enjoy this second part of the interview. Um, I did go back a little bit before uh, the interview and I started, sorry, (laughs) I did go back a little bit um, to where I cut off and I went back to when she's coming into the club and just the talking about the professionalism and the, uh, the classiness sort of of the, the club and how it was set up. And so that's where we're starting from. And then I'll go through sort of the, the um, descriptions again, just to reinforce that of, um, you know, voyeur, exhibitionist, soft swap, full swap, those kinds of terminologies that, um, you know, need to be learned in the beginning. I didn't know those terms before. So um, I hope that you enjoy it. Again, it's going to start off right. It's going to feel like kind of a, a weird start, but it's okay. You'll get right into it and then you'll be, you'll, you'll know where we are. So we're talking about the club. We're talking about getting there uh, and just the sort of professionalism as she was greeted and things like that. So um, I think that's all I have to say before we get into the interview. So I'm going to let you go. And then when you come back, uh, we'll just go straight into the interview. How does that sound? All right. We will see you soon. Please visit our website at www.breakingfreeauthentically.com and subscribe to our mailing list so you never miss an episode. Be sure to leave a review on Podchaser by clicking the link at the top of the page. That would mean the world to me. Finally, I'd love for you to join Breaking Free Authentically, our private sex-positive relationship community on Facebook. All the links will be posted in the show notes. Enjoy the show. Very professional. Yeah. High class, classy people. Like, it is top notch. Yeah. Exactly. So it made me feel very comfortable. 
Um, so, you know, then uh, we went into the play area and uh, I said to him, look, like, don't put me into any situations, yeah. you know, just I'm, I'm here. I don't know how involved I'll be, but please let me just get comfortable with this. And he was totally cool with that. Like he wasn't the kind of, oh, I want you to do this. I want you to do right. that. Like totally cool with that. And uh, so we went, you know, we walked around and of course they talked about, you know, don't be a creeper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, don't be staring. Like it's one thing to observe, but don't be creeping on people. So that was interesting as well too, because again, that's, you know, when you're put in a new situation, mm -hmm. it's kind of like, what are they doing? You know, like you're not going to do stuff like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so we went into a room that was, uh, you know, multiple couples and we found a spot for the two of us. And, uh, I just kind of allowed myself to feel the energy of the room, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and then we, we got intimate and then, you know, we went into another room um, and what was really interesting is there's this one bed that is for people to actually observe. And, and by the end of the evening, I said to him, I said, I want to be there. And he says, you realize other people are specifically going to be watching you. Like, this is what mm -hmm. this is for. And I said, yeah, I'm okay with that because you've shown me that this is safe and I'm safe with you. So I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it was like, you know, I, I, again, definitely on the fast track, right? Yeah. So did you, are you aware of what the terminology is for, for some of that? No, I'm not. Okay. So I, I'll, if, I, if I knew it, I've forgotten it. <laughs> okay. So I'll just let people in. So um, being in the lifestyle or a swinger, so this is a swingers club, lifestyle club, sex club. Those are kind of all synonymous. Um, not necessarily polyamorous. So polyamorous people can be swingers. Sometimes they are and they cross over. Um, but typically polyamory is not swinging. Right. Okay. And swinging is not polyamory. And the di the biggest difference is emotional connection. Okay. Okay. So in swingers, so at a, a sex club, it's not about emotional connection with people. It's about um you know, sexual vibe and connecting with your partner and connecting with other people, but in sort of a more sexy way. So the, the, the focus is more predominantly on sex and sexiness okay. does not mean that you have to have sex with other people. So you can still be a swinger or in the lifestyle and you can be a voyeur and a voyeur is someone who enjoys watching, right? You can be an exhibitionist still only with your partner you can be having sex with your partner and other people are observing you and your partner. Again, you never have to interact with other couples or other people sexually. Okay. And you're absolutely still in the lifestyle. Okay. Um, and then you can be soft swap, which is you might swap partners or not swap, but it, you might swap, you might engage with other partners, but it stops before intercourse. So no intercourse, soft swap would be oral or touching or petting, whatever. Um, so anything before intercourse and then full swap would be a full intercourse swap with other couples or wow. other people. And some people prefer threesomes, some like, uh, you know, foursomes, 
and a lot of people like orgies. Sometimes there's an orgy room, uh, but it's not all orgies. I do not like orgies. Most people think host swingers and orgies. It's not. It's not all about that at all. So just to give you a perspective that there are many different levels and it it is for sure what you want to create. And there are a lot of times that couples are there for them, right. simply for them. They do not have to play with other people. That is not a rule <laughs> at yeah. all. You can play with only your partner and be within the excitement of the vibe and it can bring you together. And then you take that energy and go crazy for each other. It really can spice up a relationship. Even if you never, ever want to have sex with other people outside of your marriage or your relationship or your partnership. Okay. So I think that's really important to define as we're going through this. Cause a lot of people will go, Oh, I have to play with other people or that's the point. It's not, it's right. not, it's the vibe. It's yeah. the vibe. And, and, and that's what I thought. So, so I did, I, I, you know, we stayed monogamous to each other while mm -hmm. we were at the club and, but yeah, the vibe was really cool. You know, again, it was, you know, you go to a club and you're dancing and, you know, you're in your bra and panties mm -hmm. or, or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, and, and I thought, wow, this is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so I did, I, I liked, I liked the vibe and I liked the openness, right? I guess that, that maybe that's a big part of yeah. of what you know where my curiosity came in was was all of this openness and freedom, mm -hmm. right? breaking free authentically, right? Following and your heart, exactly. And this was pre pre Burning Man. Yeah, this was like so this was like your first experience of like a community like this of like minded people who are like, yeah. We're not judging you. You get to be whoever you are. And you're like, what yeah. is going on here? This is amazing. These are the coolest people, right? Exactly. I don't feel weird. And oh, uh, nothing I think of is out of the ordinary. Oh, I'm totally accepted here. I don't have to shame myself. I don't have to be ashamed of anything. It's really cool. And it's surprisingly comfortable. Would you agree? Oh, totally. It was it, totally. I mean, I was nervous, you know, going there and getting in the door, but then the people who yeah. run it and do the orientation and everything, they, they just, they make you feel so relaxed and that, yeah, the, the, you know, in, in our world, mm -hmm. this is completely normal and you're not strange and it's okay to be a little bit nervous if this is your first time. And, mm -hmm. you know, like you're in control of what you want to experience. And I think that that's the biggest thing is realizing you are in control of what you want to experience. Mm -hmm. So no does mean no. And exactly. no, I don't want to do this. So it, you really need to have that trust with that partner as mm -hmm. well, too, that they're not going to lead you into something where suddenly you feel, um, you know, threatened or insecure. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I, I like that. And, and and it was a good preamble to Burning Man as yeah, well. Yeah, I guess. You go down to Burning Man and it's, yeah, you know, you've got, we were down there for a week. So it was like a whole week of, yeah. of that. Um, so, yeah, but um, yeah, so where things really started to change is when we came back from Burning Man, okay. um, his other lover started to put kind of more rules into place, the days that she wanted to see him and stuff. And I'm like, okay. Um, all right. Uh, and you know, um, he would, 
they would go out to like events and stuff like that. And he'd say, well, you know, she's chosen this one. So you get to choose this one. It, it, I was starting to see that there was this almost like a hierarchy or mm-hmm. I was here first. You're mm-hmm. the newbie. I get to choose mm-hmm. my time with him. So that was a bit confusing. And and I really needed to take time to sit down. So, you know, one weekend when he was with her, I just, I really just sat and I thought about it. Like, and I think I did some research. I talked to another friend of mine who, um, who is, I don't know, she describes herself as Polly, but she was, she was a good source for me because Mm -hmm. she's been involved, uh, uh, not, well, she was involved a bit in lifestyle, but, um, uh, but after she got out of that, she's been kind of more Polly, I guess. Okay. And so she was a good resource. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to be involved in this, because I I did enjoy spending time with him. Mm-hmm. Um and I thought if I'm gonna be in this, I've I've just I just gotta be cool. Like I, you know, um he's not choosing her over me. There's just there's a dynamic happening. So it really took a lot on my part to just be very understanding and uh, understanding without kind of feeling like I was being pushed aside or, Mm -hmm. you know, that I was secondary. But yet when I was with him, he absolutely made me feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, we were together. Right. Um, And then, uh, you know, as the weeks went on, at one point, he said to me, he said, this is the happiest I've been in my life. Like he said, I love the dynamic that I have right now uh, with my partners. And, and I looked at him and I said, wow, like, that's, that's really amazing. Like, I'm really glad that you feel that way. I said, I'm happy with the way things are. And this is where the insecurity, I think, from the other lover really came out because I think he shared the same thing with her. Mm-hmm. And and I very much wanted to meet, you know, um, his wife knew the lover because they met in the lifestyle. So they hung out as couples together for a while. Okay. Um, so they all knew each other and I didn't, I only knew him and I wanted to meet the wife and I wanted to meet the lover. I I. It's like, well, I want to be part, I want to be part of this too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I want to know everybody. And um, he was keeping me very separate from meeting. Uh, I I think his wife was more open to it, um, but for some reason, never got to meet her. The other lover absolutely did not want to meet me whatsoever. And I think that he shared with her that he was really happy and then all of a sudden, that's where one day I get this long message on Messenger from him about all these rules. And she is he is she has chosen that they'll be in a higher hierarchical um relationship. And and I I was just all these rules were being laid out to me. And it was like I ha- I had no say. It was like accept this or leave it. Mm-hmm. And that's what really brought the confusion in because it's like, okay, up until this point, things were very open and and we were working through things. And I think from being such a newbie, I think I was doing a great job at compersion. 100%. 
And, and then I get all these rules and it was just like, uh, I'm really confused and this isn't fair. And, and, and he told me that I couldn't participate in anything local that we could go away. And, and I said, why am I the one that always has to be going away and, and stuff Mm -hmm. like I, why can't I participate here locally? Um, so yeah, so that's where all the confusion started. And, and he was just very, he was very cold and very matter of fact when he was laying out all the rules. And, uh, I just said, I can't deal with this. I can't Mm -hmm. deal with this. And this is like, we either sit down and we talk about this and we come to agreements that are going to work for all of us. Mm Or I'm not part of this at all. Mm-hmm. And he just said, this is the way it is. Like, th- there is no exception. This is the way it is. And then I said, well, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Nobody is going to tell me where and how I can participate. Yeah. And and I was even told that I was to never show up at the club that they go to when they were there together. Mm-hmm. And, and I thought... <laughs> That's, you know, now you're telling me what I can and can't do like, no, that. So, yeah. So it was, it was, um, it was a little heartbreaking. Yeah. Because all of a sudden, all of this stuff was, was laid on me. And so I was a bit angry. I was a bit heartbroken. Um, You know, did I love this person? No, but but I was enjoying what we had. I was enjoying the dynamic that we had. And I was very open to how that dynamic would play out, but open to what's good for everybody, not mm-hmm. being, this is what you're doing and this is how you're going to participate. Mm-hmm. No, nobody tells me how I'm going to live my life. Right. <laughs> Sorry, when you don't even know me, you haven't even met me. Right. Um, so yeah, so <laughs> ended the relationship and and that was kind of it. So I thought, all right, you know what? I went into this very naive, not really knowing. Um uh and you know, yeah, it 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 didn't play out well. But when I look back on it, um I'd say that he was also a person that part of the reason that he's in lifestyle and poly um, is not for any deep connection. Uh, When I look back on it, he does have issues with that deeper connection. And I could see that at different times when we would get close and then there'd almost be this Hmm. pull away of not knowing how to handle, you know, that, that closeness mm-hmm. um you and and you know her insecurities his wife was not an issue whatsoever mm-hmm. <laughs> she was so used to the whole dynamic yeah, yeah. That yeah. there was no issue whatsoever but um yeah so it i guess in a way it also gee would i ever want to go into that again you know based on what i learned i'd be very, very cautious about going into that kind of a dynamic ever again. Mm-hmm. Did you feel um, slightly shamed if you felt jealous of any sort? 
oh, totally. I thought, oh, this this is wrong. I shouldn't feel that way. I'm not supposed to feel that way. I'm mm-hmm. supposed to remember compersion. I, you know, and and it almost made me feel like, well, okay, um, maybe I don't have the right to ask for certain things or say that I I want you know, certain time and mm-hmm. and stuff like that with him. So it it very much, um, in a way, when all of that started to happen, I felt very disempowered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see sort of where the switch is. So um, I'd love to share a little bit of, of my perspective on this. Do you have any questions before I do? Is there anything that you have a question about that you specifically want to know a little bit more about? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, and, you know, when we were at Burning Man, I mean, I'd heard about the hierarchical poly. Mm -hmm. And so I'd learned some of these things, uh, not realizing that, you know, that this was eventually going to happen to me. But, um, you know, my friend who's sort of involved in this world, she said, what can sometimes happen as well, too, is some men like to almost gain a harem of women mm-hmm. that um and and he will focus on certain types of women that he knows that he can uh i guess in a way kind of get what he wants right um so sort of yeah. perpetuating that dominant stereotype right yeah um, yeah so i think that um i'm glad you brought some of this up because it I can see a lot of the red flags sort of along the way um, that could prevent something like this from happening. And the reason why I do this work is because there often is this this extreme idea of what poly is and what it isn't. And it's almost a legalistic sort of dogmatic way of being, you know, like – if you mention uh, a unicorn, you get attacked for unicorn hunting and oh, blah, 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 like the poly community goes absolutely nuts on new people that are just asking about quote unquote a third. They don't know the terminology and they just get smothered. And I feel so bad for them because it's like people let's educate rather than attack because now we're not being the community, the open non-judgmental community that we are trying to be. So, so one of the things that I want to make sure is that people don't enter this world unless they do have a really strong self sense of self and self-love and self validation and, and wholeness within themselves because a lot of people might see it as like a free ticket. It's like a, an honest way to cheat, but that's not what this is about. And it, it like, you know, an honest way to collect sort of trophy people. So one of the first things that, one of the things I'll commend him on is that he did tell you right away that he was in the LS and he was Polly. What I will not commend him on is mentioning that he had a girlfriend along with his wife. And the reason he didn't mention her is because he knew that she was kind of struggling with things. Didn't want to scare you and and this is my this is my assumption and I shouldn't make assumptions. However, on this on this case, this is often if someone's not forthright about 
they're very forthright about something and then not the other. It's because they're having trouble working around it or figuring out how to quite get around it. Um, When he started talking about compersion, it could have been like, there's a little bit of red flag there. Compersion is super important. When people are talking about polyamory and when they're talking about compersion, they often talk about compersion as the opposite of jealousy. And I've often heard that and it made sense. However, compersion is is itself a thing and jealousy is itself a thing. They're not opposites of each other. And I think that if we look at it that way, that can really help. So compersion is simply having joy for someone else you love experiencing joy. So experiencing joy for someone else's joy or happiness. Okay. You can have that feeling of joy and still feel some jealousy. Okay. Okay. Those can live together. What we don't want is jealousy controlling things and, and allowing jealousy to control the show or to tell other people what they can and can't do. In this case, he probably was very aware that she was struggling with jealousy, wanted to overcompensate by bringing on the compersion side of things. And it's almost a shaming tactic. It's easy for it to be a shaming tactic that if you don't have enough compersion, then you're in the wrong. Interesting. Yeah. And that makes people not feel free. (laughs) Which is why I don't like that mentality because I can have compersion and I can still be struggling. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean my partner has to stop everything that they're doing. But as my partner, it is kind and loving to investigate that with me and to help have the discussion and ease my jealousy with figuring out how to make things easier or whatever. But if I am just expecting the other person to have compersion and I'm not working on my jealousy, then I'm the problem. Right? Yeah. She obviously was struggling with you. You were a threat to her. He likely was not honest with her about you. Could be, yeah. Right. Well, wasn't honest with me about her. Right. Because maybe in his mind, she wasn't his wife. So he didn't have, you know, the right, or he didn't have to tell her about you because mm. he's his own person or whatever. Uh, and then he got schooled very quickly. <laughs> so that whole situation of the, the whole rule list that, that you got, which this is how, this is how it's going to be. That's called veto power, okay? And it is often seen as couple's privilege. Now, if you choose to be hierarchical, that is okay. And this took a big thing because there is a lot of people out there in the poly world, they're like, if you don't, if you're hierarchical, you're not doing it right. Hold on, hold on. Everybody has to be equal and everyone has to have autonomy and you have to be able to love everyone the same. Okay. In principle, 
That is beautiful. That works. That's amazing. In practicality, we only have so many spoons to give. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever heard the spoons analogy? No. So I might have 10 spoons. And when I give all 10 of my spoons away, I have no more spoons to give. So it's like your energy, your time is like spoons. So in polyamory, if you're not aware of how many spoons you have, you might overpromise. Right. You might overpromise on spoons, and that's not fair to your partners. So if you want to be successful in polyamory, you may choose to be hierarchical. You have to be acutely aware that that is a decision that you are making. And you have to be able to communicate that to a new partner that you don't have enough spoons at the moment to make them an equal partner. You can still have feelings for them or whatever, but the situation is I nest with this partner and we have a family and a lot of my time is going to be for this partner because that's our structure right now. But I also want to be able to love other people and enjoy connections with other people. I can only give this much. Are you okay with that? If you would have had that choice, how would that have changed things? It, well, it yeah, it would have changed things completely. Um, I would have gone gone into it very, very aware, very eyes wide open. Um, yeah. And I, and I guess, you know, in a, in a way, because of the way things started and, and, you know, that NRE as mm-hmm. you call it, uh, and the way things started out now, when we first met his, girlfriend was um she was busy moving Mm. so she didn't have time to see him so he had all this extra time to spend with me right once she was settled then you know the new uh sort of timetable (laughs) right came in came into play or the new schedule came into play so that's what was hard as well too so if he had told me at the beginning look I do have this other person that I see and generally I'm always with her on the weekends but Mm -hmm. right now she's busy moving so I have all this extra time I want you to be aware that I'm only going to and you know so it was almost I don't know if it was intentional or not but it was almost like I'll draw her into this yeah. world. I'll do whatever I can to get her. Then I'll start to lay down all the rules. And, and I, I don't want to assume that that's what he did on purpose, but it is what happens a lot of times. And a lot of people get a really bad taste in their mouth because they're like, I got, and so it sometimes it attracts sort of the narcissist man who like you said, wants to collect his harem. He gets this sort of the power trip of, of NRE with all these different people. And he's like over promising himself and, and love bombing all the, the new people and the women don't know about each other or whatever. And that's not ethical, which is why 
Consensual non-monogamy, ethical non-monogamy, they're interchangeable terms, but I choose to use ethical non-monogamy because to me, being honest, having consent within everybody, that's ethical to me. And I don't want to give up my ethics in my my honest way of being in life in order to make this work. And so it's so important that we really check ourselves. And this is why it's so important to be so in tune with ourselves and what we need and what we want. So like, if I know that I need, I need hugs, I need a companion to go do stuff with and to go for walks. And, and so right now I live two hours from my boyfriend. So we only get to see each other probably every other week. Usually sometimes it's more, sometimes it's, it's less, but on average, it's about every other week. And so in between, sometimes we just want to hang out with someone and sometimes we just want to do things. And so we have built our lives so that we have other friends or other companions or other, you know, playmates or, or friends with benefits or, or boyfriend or girlfriend, whatever. It just depends. But what we are very clear on is what we have to give right now. And so the problem isn't making an emotional connection with someone. That's not the problem. The problem is I don't want to overpromise to you that I'm going to be able to, to give you a bunch of my time when I simply don't have it. And it's not you. It's this is just where I'm, I am in life. So if we lived together and we got to see each other every day, then yeah, go for a weekend here or go for a weekend there. Like we get to see each other on a regular basis. That's not a really big deal. But we sort of choose a hierarchical in the sense of like there is just different levels of what we can commit to at the moment. But it doesn't mean that it's coming out of jealousy or this or that. So I think that's a really important distinction. And the reason I say it is because um, a lot of people will bash hierarchical poly because it's not fair to the quote unquote third person. Well, it's fair if they know exactly what they're getting into. Now, I do not agree with veto power. And this is why. If you are consensual, if you have said, hey, I am adding this person to my life, there's potential for more, da 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 they are completely aware of it, they understand that there might be feelings involved and things like that, and you've discussed what your sort of availability is, it is not fair to put someone like you in a position where you think that you have access to someone, possibly unlimited access. You had no idea how much access you have. You're now going to Burning Man with this guy for a week. So clearly things are okay. Right. Right? Like you are allowed to have your own autonomous relationship. And all of a sudden, veto power allows someone else to dictate what your relationship is allowed to look like. And that's not okay. That's not ethical to me. Yeah. Because that stems from insecurity in their relationship. Now, there is a way to work around that. 
so if you find that all of a sudden there's like struggling or whatever, in any relationship, you can renegotiate terms. So for me, as a relationship designer, I have my big program, you know, my my year-long program is called the Relationship Redesign, where we take, we go through the whole process, you know, as a, as a person who, who has a house, you know, we often redesign our homes to meet our growing needs or growing families or this or that. We adjust our design to what, but we don't do that for relationships. Marriage, we do not renegotiate marriage terms or anything. Like we just don't, it's not a thing that we do. And so I feel like why don't we do that with the most important relationship that we have? If this relationship is quote unquote forever, as society puts it, why don't we take more care of it to make sure that it's suiting everybody's needs, right? So my job in that is to help you restructure and design and renegotiate the terms of your relationship so that it works for both of you. You're both getting the things that you want and need and what you've grown towards. And sometimes that may be very different than what the other person wants. But it's about how you communicate that, how safe you make them feel, how connected you feel to your partner. And if you keep those things open, like if he would have said, Connie, my girlfriend is struggling right now with some jealousy towards towards you because this is new for her. And she's having a little bit of trouble. And now she's done moving and she has more time and she's struggling with, with our schedule change. How would you feel about taking a little bit of a step back and I can give her some more attention and we can figure things out and talk about things or whatever, Um, but I want to keep seeing you and I want us all to be honest and to be able to have our own autonomy, Um, but I want to have compassion for her at the moment, not letting her decide. He gets to be a compassionate partner and and give more to her, not because he has to, he's being told to, but he gets to choose to be a loving partner and also gives you the opportunity to see if that works for you of being able to take a step back and, and you can say, okay, is that, you know, do you foresee that as being more temporary or da, 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 do I still have rights and this and that? Because there's nothing like someone telling you what, you know, you can't call it this time and da, 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 da. you can't, you can't go to this club or that. No, 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 no. If you don't want to be around that other person, that's fine, but you don't get to dictate where they get to go and where they don't. You get to be an adult and you get to be kind and loving. And if you see someone that you don't like, you get to be emotionally mature enough to do your own thing and not let them get under your skin, especially if they're not doing anything to you, right? Like it's, it's our job to like do a little bit of self-work to figure that out, not just shelter ourselves with a bunch of rules to protect ourselves. And I think that society has, has programmed us to do that. So we put this protective net around called monogamy. And now we're safe from predators. <laughs> we're safe. It's a fence. Nobody's <laughs> going to get in. Nobody's going to get out. However, it's not airtight. And and there is, a, there is a gate. And that person could maybe get out. So I really have to guard that gate. So I'm going to put all kinds of locks on it. And I'm going to monitor it. And I'm going to make sure that they can't get out. Um, instead of letting them choose to stay in, 
we have this like, I have to hang on and make sure. And so cheating is so prevalent. Why? Because we are communal people. We're connectors. We have a great capacity to connect with many people, as you saw at Burning Man. Like if we could just be, how awesome would that be? But we're so programmed to go, I might feel uncomfortable. I feel insecure about that. Ah, my attachment styles are getting in the way. I don't know. I'm not getting my love languages met. And we depend on our partners to meet our needs and to fulfill us and to make us feel whole. And that's where the problem is, is that we think relationships are for a different purpose than what they are. And so it really gets muddy when we don't do that work of unpacking the programming of what are relationships, what are they really supposed to be, what is the role of a relationship and what's my role as a person. And all this all this bullshit about your happiness is your responsibility and blah, blah, blah. I think really that can go very wrongly because all of a sudden we can absolve ourselves of any responsibility to our partner. To me, that's not ethical. No. Like to just be like, well, that's you're jealous. That's your responsibility. Okay. Yeah. That is their responsibility to do the work and to check it. But you can't be an asshole and just be like, well, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. That's making it really hard for you and, da, 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 and not care. That's not being ethical. That's not being a kind, loving partner. And it's kind of being a shithead. So yes. I do not promote being a shithead in a relationship. I want people to understand good relationship skills, creating safety, connection with their partner. And creating novelty so that you can stay empowered as a couple. And then you are prepared to go into other relationships as a whole individual. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, free world where everybody gets to own their shit, right. own their part in someone else's shit, yeah. <laughs> and be compassionate and loving instead of trapped and forced to do something. Yeah. Yeah. So the name of the game is breaking free authentically. Everybody was like, why are you naming it that? I'm like, you'll see, (laughs) you'll (laughs) see because that to me is so important. I broke free, but I did it in a way that keeps me authentic to myself and keeps me kind to other people because I didn't just want to, become someone else that didn't line up with my own values. Like I don't want to be a sexual being if it means I'm a, I'm a shithead to people. Right. Right. Like I don't want to just go and get my jollies off if that's hurting other people. So that's why to me, this authenticity piece is so important. And, you know, no, nobody's perfect, but like those red flags you can change your mind. You can renegotiate. You can come back and say, oh, I thought that this was okay. And I'm really sorry because that's very unfair to you. Can we still work on this? Can we try to work together? It might be a little bit before we get it all sorted out, but I'm not going to hand you a list and tell you these are the rules and you know, my partner gets to decide if you're in or out. No, I don't, I don't want my partner to only date people that I choose for them. Right. That's not being authentic to them. No. He gets to choose people that are different than me because I give him something that someone else can't give. And then I don't have to give that. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and it's interesting you say that because that's when I really start to think about the whole thing. It's like, yeah, I don't have to worry about blah, blah, blah. You know, like I don't have to do the Christmas dinner for him. <laughs> His wife gets to do that. Like, so yeah, all those things made sense in my mind. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, so I get to have this time on my own. And it, it, so yeah, it, all of that started to make sense to me. And that's, that's what I liked about Mm -hmm. the relationship. I also liked the fact, I mean, even though she had kind of vetoed and taken weekends, but I was excited to see him yeah. come, you know, Monday. Yeah. Because I'd done stuff on the weekend, yeah. you know, sort of my my own thing. So yeah, it was it was exciting. So I liked And you get to see your friends and do it, your own yeah. things. Like I love having every other weekend. You know, I can plan my own things and catch up on on work and I, you know, I can devote my time and I know exactly when I have to be all in. Right. Right. And then I can really be present. Yeah. Rather than dividing my time everywhere, here and there and everywhere. And starting a business, obviously, I need my time in order to focus. And then I choose to go and not focus on my business and I can just enjoy him. Um, but during the week, he gets to go and, and be himself and I get to go hang out with my friends. And it's not like someone's telling me what I can and can't do. We just keep each other informed and keep each other open. And what I want on my free time is different than what he wants on his free time. And that's okay. And that's beautiful. But we are, we're out of time here, but I want to just leave you with something. And if there's anything that I want you to leave here with is being released of potential guilt you may have had for feeling jealousy or feeling frustrated about that. And so I want you to be kind and loving to yourself that, no, I had every right to those feelings. And I was also being super compersive (laughs) because you were, and you did a great job with that. And I'm really proud of you because that is a hard concept to get, but you were so loving and open and you very much had compersion for the situation. Yeah, She was not able to show you the same compersion because I'm sure she was triggered in a lot of ways and it brought up all her insecurities which she had to deal with and I don't think she was prepared to deal with that and maybe he wasn't having her own that maybe you know sounds like she kind of controlled things in a way and he didn't want to mess with that so you know sometimes we don't understand Sometimes we have a different understanding of what our partner means when they say, yeah, I'm in an open relationship. What does that mean? Let's define what that means for each of us to make sure we're on the same page because, you know, it could look different because saying open relationship, that could either be swinger or poly. And those are very different things. They're very different things. Some people combine the two, you know, like I will combine the two. So sometimes I'm a swinger with my partner and then sometimes I'm polyamorous, you know, so my other relationships or my other French, and then sometimes I'm open. So open would be more like friends with benefits kind of thing. And, And in that case, the no strings attached that those people know exactly they're standing. I'm not promising. I'm not hiding 
my truth and my love for for Steve, I'm not saying sort of diminishing that relationship. I talk about it and I and and if they're okay talking about it, then I'm like, okay, you're worth hanging on to. Like we can be friends because you acknowledge that part of my life. And I'm gonna feel safe talking about them. It doesn't mean I'm gonna talk about them all the time, but it means that that's a part of my world and I want to, you know, potentially have that. And it doesn't mean uh people that like you were talking about his wife and his his lover, those would be your metamors. So metamors are your lovers' lovers. <laughs> okay. 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 So that's the term. And so a lot of people are like, you have to love, you have to know your metamors and be friends with them. That's not necessarily true. There's a thing called kitchen table poly, <laughs> so that all your metamors know each other. You can all literally sit at the kitchen table and just all chat and be friends. And that's what a lot of people want. And that's great if that can work, but that doesn't mean you're not doing poly if you can't have kitchen table poly. You get to still design what kind of poly that works for you. And there's no right or wrong way. There's just ethical or not ethical. And it's about being really clear about your availability. Define what you can and can't give realistically, how many spoons you have, and making sure that that other person is not just accepting and hope that you're going to be able to give them more. It could always change later, but don't offer more than you can give at the beginning. And NRE gets in the way of that. And NRE makes you want to overgive because you're like, oh my gosh, I, I could spend every day with you and you're going to want to. And NRE is really great. It's also really tough for partner established partners to watch you have NRE with a new partner. So you need to be sensitive Right. of that with them because that could trigger insecurities it doesn't give them veto power <laughs> but they can say hey i'm struggling here because i miss that with you we don't have nre anymore and can we do something to add to our nre and and give ourselves some energy and maybe back off because it's easy to go like all in on NRE and just try to spend every moment, you know, when you start dating someone, it's like you want to spend every moment together. And so it's about balance. If you're, if you're polyamorous, you really have to consider just the kindness and compassion towards your partner watching this NRE go down. They might feel jealous, but it's not a jealousy that they don't want you to be enjoying that. It's just, they want to be enjoying that too. (laughs) Right. Right. So Makes so much sense. Yeah. So much sense. Yeah. So that's perfectly okay emotion. And that's perfectly okay to express. But to say, I don't want you to do that because I'm feeling insecure, that's not okay. Yeah. So, anyways, we could talk forever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, this is, it's, there's so much to understand. But I think that, thank you for bringing this story and sharing it with us and um, for being open to just kind of understanding it a little bit more. Um, Thank you for giving my audience an opportunity to just kind of learn from a real life example. I think that this is valuable and hopefully, hopefully your um, clients also get true benefit out of that too. And, and one thing I do want to say is I love that you honored your authenticity and your desires like you didn't just let him pull you around and tell you what to do or how to do it you didn't sacrifice your empowerment and you probably weren't a shithead about it because if i know you 
you would have graciously bowed out and been like, that's not for me. I don't think I want to be a part of that dynamic. It doesn't feel very healthy. (laughs) You know, like I don't want to really be told exactly what to do and how to do it. So if you want to, that's on you. (laughs) What was hard was it was so cold. Yeah. The way the message was relayed and that really hurt. And, And I did say, do you realize how cold you are being right now? And that was the hardest part. So yeah, I was really hurt. Yeah. And it was done by a messenger. Yeah. yeah. Do you know why he might have done that? Oh, because he couldn't face me because it, it, I I know that he wouldn't have been able to face me because he would have felt the guilt. Yeah. He knew, he knew exactly what was happening. And you know what was actually really interesting when he asked me about my last relationship and I told him that I had broken up with my boyfriend like I went over to his house and sat down with him and talked to him about why I was ending the relationship and he said to me you did it face to face in person and that should have been a red right there (laughs) and and obviously he has trouble owning his shit and owning his part in things because the fact that I don't think he was honest with his girlfriend he was like oh I got time to spare. She's not going to be bothered by this. She won't even know much. Oh, wait, I really like this Connie girl. I kind of want her to be more a part of my life. This isn't just a fling. This isn't just a swing. (laughs) Yeah. This is potentially more. And then uh, not all the parties were on board and that was threatening, but that wasn't fair to you because- he wasn't honest with himself, right? So we have to be honest with ourselves first. And if we don't know ourselves, we won't be able to be. So that's the lesson. Yes. Breaking free authentically. So as I like to say, remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Or it won't work. (laughs) So- So thank you so much, Connie, for for being with us. And I love you dearly. Thank you for your time. And thank you for spending it with us. And have a great day. And I will talk to you soon. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you so much, Corrine. This was this is great. And yeah, I've 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 learned some things from you. And thank you for validating. validating me and the way that I was approaching it. So thank you for that. I appreciate that. You're welcome, sweetie. You're so welcome. I love you. Have a great week. All right. Big hugs. Okay. Bye. Bye. Wow. Thank you so much, Connie, for being my guest this week. It was just such a fabulous interview. I hope you guys really got a lot out of it. I really enjoyed this week's part of the interview um, and getting to just kind of take apart her experience and help her to have different realizations about her part. And I love being able to validate the fact that she was doing things really well and that she was being true to herself and she was being compersive um, and that she had every right to have feelings and emotions about things. And I think that Um, she definitely needed to hear that. And we all need that kind of validation. Sometimes we don't understand our experience or we can't see things clearly. And sometimes it's 
so good to have another perspective looking in on our lives and helping us to make sense of things. And that's what I love to do with people. And so when you work with me, you know, not only do you get a mentor and a coach, you get someone who is really understanding you and sees who you are so that we can really build you up to your fullest potential without having to hurt other people necessarily or hurt yourself or give up, you know, all of who you are. It's, it's about finding balance. It's about being authentic. It's about living your sexual authenticity in a way that doesn't sacrifice your morality and your ethics. And I think that we've been shamed so much that we think that sometimes if we desire things that are outside of the box, that there's something wrong with us, but that's absolutely not true. And so that's why I'm here. I would love to work with you. I have my six week mentorship going on right now. So you can book a discovery call and go to my bio on Instagram and book a discovery call there. You can go to my website at www.kareenbedard.com and click on the link at the bottom to book a call with me. Um, or you can just message me. You can join the Facebook group, Breaking Free Authentically, the sex positive community, or the sex positive relationship community. And, you know, we can have discussions in there. You can ask questions. You can message me. Like I said, we can, we can talk about things. But more than anything, I want you to feel safe. I want you to feel seen. I want you to be who you are and not feel shame about that. So let's talk. Let me guide you into designing the life and relationship that you want without having to leave a trail of broken, hurt people behind you, including yourself. So that is my mission and that is my greatest desire is to just be there and support and um, love you through this difficult process of making sense of these new things. I'm here for you. I can't wait to hear from you. I so hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. And I will see you next week again. Take care. And remember, when it comes to sex positivity, authenticity is the key. Have an amazing week. Love you. Mwah. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Corrine Bedard Coaching. And you can visit my website at kareenbedard.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a like and share it with your friends. I'd be so grateful if you could help by giving us a five-star review on Podchaser or iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to our mailing list to be kept up to date about upcoming episodes and exciting news. Just visit our website at breakingfreeauthentically.com and scroll down to subscribe. You can also email me anytime. I'd love to hear from you. Send your messages and questions to kareen at kareenbedard.com. Are you a part of my Facebook community yet? Join us in Breaking Free Authentically. It's where you will find this sex-positive relationship community. I'd be thrilled to have you be a part of this community with me. All the links will be in the show notes, so don't forget to check it out. Remember, when it comes to sex positivity... Authenticity is the key. Have a great week.